so we have just talked about uh, Apollo and now let's go to Artemis. Do you remember anything else about her other than that she was a great archer and your sister? I don't have much past life memories about her, but I do have this lifetime's uh, training with her. And I'll go over the whole spiel of that in my personal disclosure, but I had an opportunity that I ended up uh, getting introduced to her by one of the, by Aries actually. And I got to stay with her for, gosh, almost a half a year on this planet. And as a child, you know, I was still being in the projects and everything, but I ended up astral traveling a lot too, or dimensional traveling. So I got to spend time with her and she basically taught me hunting. She taught me how to be one with the forest and learn and feel the, the communication with the forest, like it's consciousness, like the grass, if you lay on the grass and you lay your arms out and you're just laying on there, the grass will actually communicate to you what is happening around you. So if someone was trying to sneak up on you or, you know, that sort of thing. Trees, if you listen to the trees, the trees will tell you what's going on in your environment. If the winds are changing, you know, if you need food, you can hunt, but you can also ask the forest for food and it will bring animals to you. So I learned a lot from her. She definitely increased my archery skills. She taught me a bunch of trick shots. That was really cool. I, one of them was the only one that stuck, which is it's technically a designed shot to uh, get behind the armor plating in people's armors was the specific design for that the shot. one you just told us about that goes straight and then goes it up goes it, it, it actually so it will go like this and then it will bend down and then it will shoot up oh so it goes under the armor of someone mm -hmm. whoa it's that. great for kneecaps <laughs> well that's a match because she's considered in our mythol mythology uh goddess of the moon and the hunt protector of animals and chastity and evidently swore to never marry what do you think about that? She is not very fond of men. She likes her women. <laughs> oh. So, you know, it's just, uh, as far as I can remember, she ended up trying to get married to this one person and she just, she, it wasn't for her. So, you know, she just, she doesn't like arranged marriages or anything like that. She is very protective of the women. She is very protective of the forest. Like when I spent my time with her, it was just me and her out in the wilderness in the forest. You know, I spent months with her and she taught me a lot about myself. She taught me a lot about, you know, what it is to embrace the sexual femininity of being a female without giving my power away to men, mm. you know. So it was, it was really a lot of like, I, I miss training with her because the funny thing is, is when I first, when Aries first introduced me to her, uh, you know, he, he walked up and introduced me and I, and I came out and she cocked her head and she was like, brother. And I didn't know what she meant by that back then. They didn't say anything about it ever to me. So that's interesting. Now, when you said you met her here and were with it for six, uh, months, it's here 
so it's not over in Hanova, the other universe, it's here, but I assume it's at higher frequencies and levels. Right, right. I have to ask, I had to astral travel every night, either before I got picked up by the projects or after I got picked up by the projects. That was your free time. Yeah. Uh, okay, because it's important for people to know, so, you know, was it you meeting in Hanova? Was it you meeting here? Or was it because the frequencies were definitely a lot higher so it's definitely say like the higher dimensions of earth because it was still on earth okay that's cool so they're still around artemis has really nice long brownish hair and it's got curls in it which is really cute uh her skin color is kind of it's not like super white pale it's got that olive tone to it and her eyes are green. She loves the color green. It's like her favorite color. Greens and yellows. She does kind of like some golds in there. Uh, she usually hunts with a knife or her bow. So, and then. And when she, she's actually hunting, okay, is she actually eating? Um, yes. She animals? will never kill anything she does not eat this concept gods and goddesses and stuff aren't they living off prana at this point or they still eat flesh and do all that stuff people have to understand that deities are no different than actually being born and having a life deities don't just come out of nowhere they are people just like us they are just different species they have more knowledge and they become myth and legend because other people decide to actually base a religion around them look at jesus like if if no one knew that he was exactly. yahweh's son you know like he would have just been a really cool guy with powers and he still would have had a religion built around him you yeah. know so it, it's just it's in humanity's nature to literally get awe inspired and start following like sheep you know that's this cool. isn't necessarily a bad thing. However, you need to learn boundaries on what you should be, you know, following, what you shouldn't be following. And no one can choose that but you. However, how much you are giving of yourself to that person. When you pray to anything, you are giving your source energy to that thought, to that person. And this goes, this is how Reiki works. It's how praying works. It's, it's all basic science. When you are thinking about someone, you are projecting your energy to them. You ever get that, like your ears are burning thing, or you're like, oh, like mom's going to call or dad's going to call, or my best friend is going to call or, oh, hey, you called. I was just thinking about you. All the same science, all the same principle. But when you really believe in something and you want them to hear you, you're sending more energy. Yes. When you want something more of a happen. focus, you're sending yeah. conscious focus and they're receiving it. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes they're receiving it. Sometimes so, DVDs can put up that wall where they're just like, I don't want to deal with this right now. Right. So many complaints. Right. <laughs> so when you are giving your energy to them, you know, like if I, if I was healing and gave my energy to you, it would be a small boost. Now, mm -hmm. if 10 hundred people were doing the same thing for the exact same reason, you're going to get a pretty big boost. You yeah. know, that that's how it works. It's all energy exchange. And so is no, that a drug for them? The more people they get thinking about them and giving them energy. I mean, 
they you don't can get you can do. get power addicted yes anyone yeah. can get power addicted to energy uh, manipulation it's it's kind of a thing but um what was i gonna say oh deities will always exist without you thinking about them 24 7 without giving any energy to them because they were born deities get born and deities die that's they are no different in the circle of life than anyone else that's really important to know yeah very interesting however when you have a lot of people giving their energy to them it gives a huge prana boost a, a huge mana boost you know energy and so it allows them to have the focus to be able to defy physics even more and right. be able to they become more of a conduit right and if they're a good deity they will they might not be able to help everybody but they should at least be able to do good things <laughs> yes yes rather than use all that energy for their own agendas or gaining more power yeah well i mean they're going to do that anyway but <laughs> as long as they're giving back to the people yes are they providing knowledge are they providing knowledge how the people can take care of themselves how you know they can better their living experiences so they're not hurting the planet you know that sort of thing and now when they quote die like you died as apollo right no apollo is still alive okay so that's what i was going to ask okay no you die, died as apollo me in atlantis but do deities ever die or are do they have avid, uh fragments or different aspects of themselves on all dimensions like how does that work for them again that uh, that really just depends on their oversoul and how much their oversoul wants to fragment themselves okay and how much their astral body wants to fragment themselves obviously i had a past life of apollo and bridget or bridge so i'm not quite sure exactly when those two existed at the same time or didn't exist at the same time but you know I, I know that I was both of them. Like I, for Bridge, I have the actual memory of my son dying and I went through a whole flashback of everything. And because wow. like, there's a difference between diving into the planet's consciousness to retrieval memories in your own. So. Wow, interesting. Okay, thank you for that detail. So let's go into Athena, who is known as the goddess of battle strategy and wisdom. I don't have any past life memories of her, but I did get introduced to her in this lifetime. Okay. She's very, like, she comes off very intimidating, you know, like that cool girl who has all the cool gear stuff, who rides the motorcycle and has a badass attitude. That's kind of how she portrays herself and carries herself. Okay. But she's really kind of a sweetheart at the same time once you get to know her. She's got a softer side to her. But she has a warrior element. Too. She does, yeah. Mm -hmm. Did you have a meeting or do you discuss strategy or is it different with each one? It, it's kind of different with each one. I was actually with Athena or not Athena, sorry. I was with Artemis when I met Athena because okay. she just kind of tagged me along and there was kind of like a little gathering thing like Aries was there which at the time I had already trained with Aries before getting swapped over uh to Artemis and I see there was Athena Artemis Aries Persephone 
Hades and Hermes and um, ah, what the heck? Oh, Poseidon was there. It's just so cool that you've met all these and you've been able to keep that recall. How about Freya? And, you know, for some weird reason, I don't ever buy myself statues, but for Christmas, I bought this incredible, uh, she's very connected, I guess, to cats. I'm, I'm kind of like a lion person, but it was uh, from Moldavia and it was hand cut. And she, um, she's always connected with large cats. And uh, she is, let's see, she's known for love, beauty, sex, war, gold, fertility, and has the ability to see the future and evidently was married to Odin. Yeah, Freya is, she's really nice. She has this very motherly attitude towards her uh, or presented from her, I should say, not towards her. <laughs> you know, uh, she's very refined when you first meet her. So she kind of relaxes a little bit later on, but she always carries, I mean, she's not like her legs up on the table and drinking, you know, meat or whatever, but <laughs> yeah, it's not like that. Like she's, she's pretty, she's always pretty like kind of refined, mm -hmm. like a lady, <laughs> uh -huh. but what I haven't she had, like? she, if I remember correctly, she also has green eyes, her hair, whoops is kind of a medium brown. Uh, she is kind of tall, which is probably good for Odin because Odin's pretty tall. Okay. So. <laughs> her, yeah. her figure is really nice. She's, you know, she's actually kind of really pretty. Uh, she doesn't look a day over 20, 25. Right. Okay, and all these people stay young because they're basically, I mean, some are referred to as immortals, right? Humans like humans think anyone who lives past like 50 back then was immortal, so. Right, but they live thousands of years. And they just age differently. As guardians and the Venir and the Ostru, like they, they have a lot of technology. And, you know, it, Freya is, you know, no different like they they're one of the weird people who actually are kind of like they have technology of nature they have the wisdom of nature but they have high technology they have space travel mm -hmm. they you know they have the medical beds yes yes that makes sense okay now we got uh, her husband odin and he's known as a war god, protector of heroes, has a palace in Valhalla, god of poets, and a great magician. He supposedly created the first humans on earth, maybe a mixture of good and bad. What do you know about him and um, who he is, where he came from, etc.? I don't know exactly where he came from. I do know that he is human, like he looks human. Um, very tall he looks like an old man you know maybe like 50 well i wouldn't even say 50s maybe like 60s 60 ish um definitely older than freya and yes he does wear an eye patch yes he does have ravens i haven't seen his wolf but uh as guardians huh as guardians guardians so, 
Asgard is supposed to be the place that they come from. Okay. Okay. He is an Ossetru, which is the species. Ossetru? Yeah. It's the species of human that he's from. Oh. Or that he also helped create. But. Okay. And then he has two brothers as well. But, um, and they. They pretty much kind of look like him too, to be honest. <laughs> okay, now did you just meet him? Did you get to talk? Uh, anything? Well, meeting Odin the first time would, ex- I, we would have to, I'll explain that when we do the realms of hell. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. So <laughs> that was the first time yeah, I met so. Odin. Uh huh. Okay. All right. And what about the second or third times you met him? uh that would (laughs) let's just say i got invited to a few parties oh wild huh (laughs) i wouldn't say that wild but okay it's more political stuff oh okay is that part of your starseed work Mm, no no that well it's so weird because like it at that time like I didn't associate like any of the gods or anything with ETs so I guess you could kind of say that it is a little bit but it has nothing to do with uh the starseed council or anything like that it's more of like personal personal lineage of other things well and the Asgardians do not come from earth right I mean no no they actually come from another place in the galaxy or universe sorry not galaxy And so you were saying in Atlantis, people came from all over originally. Yes. The planet. So is that when a lot of these first came? Mm, I don't know. Odin wasn't around then. Okay. All right. So how about Thor? Made famous in the Marvel movies. Well known as a hammer wielding god associated with lightning, thunderstorms, <laughs> sacred groves, strength, fertility, and protection of humankind. Da, da, da. You're laughing, so you have a different take on it, I'm sure. Thor is a good fighter. I actually got to train with him. Like he's he taught me a thing or two, but especially how to dodge. Um <laughs> I did not like dodging. I was built to be a tank, you know, but like Master Ares has always taught me to take the blow, convert the energy and give it back, mm-hmm. you know? So, but like with Thor's hammer, it's not that easy. <laughs> the hammer is formidable. Don't get me wrong, but you know, it's, it's that First of all, Thor has red hair. He does not have the blonde hair that everyone thinks he does. Um, his wife has gold hair. You know, and I say red hair a lot. There's a lot of species in the universe and multiverse that have red hair. So, and his hair isn't like deep crimson red. It's just ginger red. <laughs> okay. You know, like I say ginger. I don't mean to be offensive, but like it's the Irish, you know, the... Okay the bright reddish orange hair right and what about how tall he is and his personality it's kind of hard to determine height when you're against other entities who are usually taller than men Uh, he is pretty tall his muscle structure is actually pretty decent like he's he's got some pretty good muscle on him 
decently even like mass proportion he's not like skipped a leg day or anything <laughs> so but he's still not as strong as everyone thinks he is because yes he does have some innate abilities because his mother is not human his mother is actually uh, a mixture of some elven um and they have innate abilities to kind of you know have some of the elemental abilities that you and i have talked about the magical more magical ones yeah but he can't use his hammer without the belt and bracers that he has he can't lift it (laughs) i don't know why that cracks me up (laughs) what about personality well i mean for ego wise he's kind of up there a little bit He's very boastful, you know, he, he has his moments where he's kind of really refined, but uh, not very often. Like he, he's usually the loud one of the group. Uh-huh. Party on down. Okay. Yeah. Like he'll actually sit there and analyze everything. And then when he feels like he actually has a good, you know, head on things and he gets really loud and vocal and like boastful <laughs> and stuff. But uh, I mean, his fighting prowess is actually really good, you know. So I can see why a lot of people have issues fighting him, but not you. No, I still have issues fighting. (laughs) After I learned how to dodge pretty well, it it was a little better, but he is pretty quick. Okay. (laughs) Okay. All right. Let's go to Zeus, another well-known Greek god deity considered the god of the sky, the ruler protector father of all gods and represented by symbols such as the lightning bolt and the eagle uh now does he look like an older man with a beard like you said yahweh does yeah but they look they look different like yeah he's still the romans love their togas and everything but yahweh and zeus are not the same person if zeus is a shard of yahweh man he got the ego side so this is very very uh ego high on this high horse a lot i swear to god i'm gonna be like smitten with a lightning bolt over here i know yeah yeah. Yeah, that is like come on you know because they're a lot they're all listening right probably i've only felt two presents so far so we'll we'll see they must be busy uh no he's he's a little full of himself yeah yeah a little bit (laughs) like he he's not everyone you know he's definitely he likes to rule with an iron fist okay like he is really kind of weird because he's egotistical kind of a narcissist you know rules with an iron fist there's no getting around or away from anything if he wants it he's gonna get it no matter what it takes you know but he's also kind of weird because he's really a prankster too he likes to throw around jokes and he likes to play pranks on people uh mischievous and if you if you have ever tried to play a prank war with zeus and have won congratulations (laughs) like what's an example of what something he'd do like it really depends on how he starts because it just escalates from there i mean going from literally like putting grapes in your bed to turning someone into a a horse uh 
you know, or a donkey just to, just to prove a point that they can. In college, I put grapes in someone's bed. I hope I'm not a shard of him. <laughs> you know, but it, it just escalates and eventually you just have to say that he wins. <laughs> okay, you won, big boy. <laughs> Is he huge? Yeah, he's really tall. Like, like he's really big. Like 30 feet, 20 feet. I, again, it's really hard. I would I would have to say though, like Apollo is pretty tall. Apollo's like seven, seven and a half feet. So like he's bigger than that. Like Apollo really kind of just comes up to like mid chest line. Wow. Okay. It's probably 13 or 14 feet or something like that. Okay. And is each one of these combinations from mother and dad's completely different? Like some are elven, some are dragons, some are different. Who knows, right? For the, for, uh, for, for the Greek gods? Yeah, for the Greek gods or... So other thing that people have to understand is humans like to cram things of information that don't actually exist. Uh, a lot of the Greek gods aren't even related to each other. I know it says that some of them are sons and daughters and all this other stuff. That's not true. Okay. Okay. Good to know. All right. Now you did mention Ares, a god of war and courage in battle, and one of the 12 Olympians and son of Zeus and Hera. Now the story says, may or may not be true, that he was despised by the other gods. So what do you think of that? Ares was despised by other gods because he actually treasured humans. He saw the great potential in them and he gave them power. Power as in, you know, like he, he likes to be worshipped and everything, but he, and, and, and this is like kind of actually helped me in my, my super soldier training because I trained with Ares for quite a few months, you know, um, personally, like he personally trained me he and this is why other gods hated him he teaches to be your own deity because like you have to have that god complex to win in battle you have to because if the minute you have any doubt whatsoever that that other person can beat you he teaches you that you're already crushed mm -hmm. and it empowers a lot of people you know and then they're like well if i'm this powerful why do i need gods you know so mm -hmm. Like they, they kind of get that the, the Greek gods never liked to teach people how to be empowered, except for Apollo and Ares and Artemis. They were some of the more powerful deities who taught self-reliance. How beautiful. Okay. Beautiful. And what about Hades? God of the underworlds, giver of wealth. He gets a, a bad rap, I guess, and assists heroes come to him for aid. Have you met? Yes, yes. Tell us that, about that. That, that. That's also going to be an interesting, uh, interesting experience to tell because that also has to deal with the realms of hell too, and how uh, the underworld actually merges with the realms of hell. So uh, Hades is awesome. Like I've never had a problem with him. He is very stoic, very quiet, very reserved. Uh, he doesn't really talk a whole lot unless he doesn't like small talk at all. Like <laughs> if you go up to him, you better have a purpose. Right. So um, 
you know, he, he's very calm though. And he has this really grounding presence to him, you know, like if you're anxious or something and you can go to him and you'll just feel better instantly. Like, or if you're like worried, he just, he has this like warming big brother feel to feeling like I get from him. Uh, he has long black hair. His skin is really pale, you know, very tall, very kind of more on the slender side. It's actually kind of hot, but <laughs> you know, it's like those bad boys. I know. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's got that. When I saw him, he had actually armor on. It was all black and sleek looking. It, it's, you know, kind of reminded me of traditional hell guard armor, but uh, it was just really cool. And, you know, he liked to wear purple too. He's got like a purple cloak going on. Royalty, both royalty and high vibration for purple. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, and his, his wife Persephone is really pretty. She has like a really, really long hair. Like when I say long hair, I'm, I'm describing like almost touching your butt. Hers was like almost touching your, her, the back of her legs. Like very wow. pretty, very beautiful. She's also really pale, but. Uh, she likes to wear a lot of greens and blues and uh, reds. Okay. And she, um, hair down, what color hair? Uh, her hair is kind of a dark brown. Okay. I say kind of dark brown because like when I saw them, they were kind of over in the corner. And are they happy together? I don't know. Like I've only met Hades a couple times. I met Hades when uh, Artemis brought me to where I met Athena and the rest of them. Okay. So I got to be introduced to them. You know, like Persephone is yes. really, really nice. She has this happiness about her. She's also kind of really refined, you know, like she'll lean over and talk to you and she's actually kind of decently tall. Uh, like she'll lean over and talk to you and it, she, you kind of get this like big sister vibe from her let's get in a little bit Egyptian here Horus Egyptian god and helper of Ra symbolizing the power of the pharaoh he had great shape-shifting power into hawks falcons a humanoid with a bird head different animal forms he avenged his father's death Osiris and went to become an important Egyptian creator god and benevolent protector with powerful and healing energy. And by the way, in Egypt, I found a lot of avian deities. So um, they were fairly common. So what do you know about Horus? Horus was actually around like halfway during the time that Atlantis was built. We actually had an Egyptian area that over in that area that had the Egyptian culture you know, Bastet, Anubis, Horus, um, you know, just all of the, the more non-human ones, you know, they, they actually band together and came down here and were teaching the laws of one. And Horus was there and so was Anubis. And he was like brown and he kind of reminded me of the uh, Rhythan Thark from Hanova, they are an actual bird species that is humanoid his feathers were kind of like that that reddish brown color his eyes were gold you know and he was absolutely awesome I had no problem with him I actually kind of fangirl over him a little bit still <laughs> <laughs> I got to meet him when I was actually in Atlantis are you telling me being both elven and dragon that you have a wing fetish is that what you're saying <laughs> 
like I said, it, as long as they are human like and not actual animals, like I, yeah. I'm not species. Yeah, you know, you're, you're missing out. Things might get complicated, but that's not what you know love is about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, that's fun. And what about Bastet, the Egyptian cat, uh, humanoid goddess of protection, pleasure, and bringer of good health, daughter of Ra, sister of Sekhmet, and wife of uh, Ptah. Did you like her? She is absolutely fantastically amazing. As far as I know, Hortus is still alive. Um, I haven't talked to him in a while. And Bastet is still alive. Interesting. And what did you like about Bastet? She's really laid back, unless you make her upset. Um, <laughs> and then the claws come out. Sharp nails, yeah. Yeah, sharp claws. Most people see them as um, like with an animal head and like a human body. You know, that, that that's not actually correct. These guys are actually anthropomorphic. Bastet is, is, would be more similar to some of the Lyarians or the Katai, which are actual humanoid cat people. Like they walk like a human, feline. but they're, yeah. yes, but their, their body is still feline. You know, same thing with Anubis. Anubis is not, uh, he's also anthropomorphic. He's got more of the body torso area, just like Bastet and well, I can't say Horus. Horus is actually like pretty much full uh, bird, like humanoid bird. They still have their ears. They still have tails. They still have fur. Bastet has a kind of medium short black fur on her. I don't know how she withstood the heat so well without her bracelet, but you know. <laughs> what do you mean without the bracelet? She, they, back then, because of the way that things were, they had high technology so they had the ability to like egypt is not what people thought you know with with the way that things were back in like where you you see them with like the more human bodies we're talking pyramids that were made out of metal high technology crystals it was basically second atlantis it was one of our sister cities when they came down right and you know, so and they had a lot of Atlantis went down, tons of people migrated to Egypt and the old Celtic lands too, by the way. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. But so, anyway, you know, going. You were uh, but the bracelet ended up help maintain her body temperature. Oh, like your smart suit. Yeah. Yeah. And back then it was really lush and green, but it was a little bit humid. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Interesting. So now you've met Aphrodite, right? Mm -hmm. Love, lust, beauty, pleasure, passion, procreation. What's, what's the complaint? <laughs> she is very pretty. She has long blonde hair. Uh, you know, she's got, she's got really pretty eyes. They're like a crystal blue, but <laughs> like, you know, I love my sister, but, uh, you know, I just like, <laughs> you have to be careful what you say. <laughs> she, let's just say she's the cheerleader, the typical cheerleader of the Greek mythology, uh, gods. Um, 
you know, she, she takes after Zeus a lot in a lot of aspects and she takes after Hera a lot in a lot of aspects. It's like the two of them just kind of like, well, you know, obviously like she, she took the aspects out of both of them. Interesting. I want to get myself into trouble. (laughs) Like we're the best kind of thing. And, and uh, it's more of like Zeus's I'm always right you know and then Hera's oh. like I'm always the prettiest and <laughs> well now now we know <laughs> and she's bossy and very oh. demanding and likes everything perfect she is a perfectionist mm-hmm. and she likes her men oh. my sister likes her women Aphrodite likes her men <laughs> <laughs> okay wow and Hermes you mentioned also Hermes is is really cool. He's like the chill, like nerdy uncle guy, I guess you could say, like the vibe given off. He's very hardworking. Um, He actually has, this is going to sound weird to everybody. uh, He actually has a, what what you call like a business for messengers. Like you can actually (laughs) go to Hermes, get hired as a messenger and deliver scrolls, information to people, you know, all that other stuff. And I knew about the the messengers and everything back when I was seven, you know, so that's like the early nineties. Okay. And you will know them because they will literally have this golden M on their chest and the M at the end of like the the flip things will will have wings on them oh cool by the way that is the greek like polyponesian old greek uh symbol m not you know the english m yes yes okay that's that's fascinating all right so uh and you mentioned poseidon what's he like he's decently chill like he doesn't he's he likes to talk but it's you know kind of like that chill talk Mm -hmm. so on the quiet side yeah I mean he if you go up to him and talk to him and stuff he'll he'll talk quite a bit but it's he's not overly excited or hyper egotistical that sort of thing unless it comes to like the scuffs with him and his brothers um you know that 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 like as soon as you get Hades and, and Poseidon in the same room because they actually are related uh it's that brother like joking civil rivalry type thing going on competitive yeah even even Hades gets a little competitive but well and uh is Poseidon always take a trident with him uh it is one of his weapons yes but it's actually like more of his like staff as in a magic staff also yes yes it is (laughs) okay like the egyptians had the onks and all that yeah higher uh technology yeah that staff is actually made out of like crystal and a couple other materials so Uh uh-huh very interesting that doesn't surprise me and uh, what about Bacchus? We mentioned him a little earlier, god of wine, pleasure, and fertility. <laughs> is he like Mr. Party Guy? Uh, Party on down? He's definitely larger than, uh, than most of the Greek gods. <laughs> meaning in height or meaning in width? 
Because <laughs> he eats and he loves eating and partying? Is that why? Yeah, like the entire time he was at that party, just I didn't talk to him. I just like overheard conversations and stuff. And he would always have a jug with him and a wine glass that I saw. And it would never leave his side. Uh, definitely a bowl of fruits and pastries and stuff well pastries from back you know well yeah (laughs) Yeah. I was like pastries from back then but they're they're quite refined now yeah so a little bit of gluttony perhaps a little just a little (laughs) yeah yeah I I don't know I got a weird feeling like about him so I didn't really talk to him and even Artemis was like don't don't talk to him because he'll just try to sleep with you so (laughs) and I was like no I'm good let's get also into hope you're having fun people um learning about these characters so let's get into the higher tiers of angelics and and uh, the higher tiers are seraphim and a seraph is an angelic being regarded in traditional angiology as belonging to the highest order of the ninefold celestial hierarchy associated with light, ardor, and purity. And they're usually represented having six wings. So uh, one of the interesting things that we talked about was that all of the major archangels, but we'll be talking about the three or four that you've met, are all actually seraphims or seraph, which are higher than archangels, correct? For this universe, yes. For this universe. For but, but people have to understand that seraphim is actually a species and not a position of power. Oh, that's good to know. Okay. All right. And so enter Yahweh. Because <laughs> uh, tell them uh, all about who created the angelic orders, et cetera, et cetera. Talk a little bit about Yahweh again. All right. Well, Yahweh is known by many names, you know, Jehovah, God, for the Christian religions and its variances. He actually comes from Hanova um, and is one of the like second down tier gods from the immortal seven the immortal seven created him and him coming to this universe which is an experimental universe you know they get to have their own like kingdoms and stuff and dimensions and his is on one of the higher dimensions here you can actually go there you know most people are like oh you know when you die and whatnot but um you can actually astral travel there if you know where you're going and he ended up creating a lot of the angelics. Okay, so anything that is actually deemed angel from the Christian mythology, he actually created. So the seraphim, the archangels that most people know about, the sub-angels, which are like the guardian angels and stuff, those are all his creations, but they're not all created equal, and they're not all created the same time either. And there is a multiple amounts of celestials that are angels category that he did create that most people would think were demons. 
again, creators still have to learn things. They are not born with all of this knowledge. There's things that you still have to work out for yourself. He wasn't the best sculptor <laughs> around. It's like giving kids Play-Doh. They gotta, they gotta learn how to, how like proportion and everything works. Right. So some of his older models, you know, older species were not the most eye-pleasing, uh, or at least to humanity. You know, Metatron being one of them. Uh, a couple of the other, like the the three are one of them. They just, they kind of look more like demons, <laughs> but. So the three are the first batch of angels Yahweh made, right? I don't know if they're the first batch. They're just one of the batches before the seraphim. And they were designed to be protectors. They were designed to be violent and fight and uh basically oh like kind of like obey orders and everything but they were too proficient and he couldn't really control them so he actually sent them to a different dimension kind of like locked them away wow because he can't uncreate them because they're life no he could totally uncreated him if he wanted to that they don't usually have quorums about that interesting okay but he chose to lock them away, but hopefully they have a certain quality of life, but who knows, right? Okay, so then he went, oh, bad batch, let me try again. Yeah, basically. <laughs> okay, and so um, <clears throat> and now when he started, he gave the angels free will. Was that correct? Right. Or was it not free will? So the much of the seraphim and uh, for I'm going by technicalities of what most people would understand from what my knowledge is, which is kind of lacking, but the archangels or archangels and the seraphim were much of them were created in Hanova, which means he had to give them the ability to make their own choices and disobey him, even if he didn't want them to. Oh. Okay. Because in Hanova, it is the law of one. You cannot subjugate someone without extreme contracts. You cannot create anything to be like that without extreme contracts. Uh, but on Earth, as the experimental planet, you can, right? Uh, in this universe, you this can. This universe. Yes. Experimental universe. So uh, is that what the three were? Did the three have, they did not have free will, right? They were good at taking order, orders, but they had the ability to disobey him whenever they wanted because they were created in Hanova. Okay, so then, so all the archangels, which led to the fall of the angels, which we'll get into in a minute, a minute the major first batch of say archangels and seraphim and uh, the ones you know will be, uh, Raphael, Gabriel, Uriel, Azrael, um, they all had free will. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Yahweh created them all. And Metatron's job, he's a seraphim angelic class. And what's his major job for Yahweh? His major job is literally like pretty much advisor and messenger. So if he has to, he's basically like a herald, like 
you need to go tell this person, you know, uh, I need them to do this. He's kind of like uh, Yahweh's right hand man. Oh, interesting. Okay. Metatron had a, had a sex. (laughs) What are guardian angels in your mind? Really? So guardian angels are technically angels that are made from Yahweh that they are new in this universe. He made them in this universe and they do not have free will, which means they have to obey his command. You know, they're allowed to like go and eat and do this and, you know, go play whatever and and chill out and everything, you know, but it's like a switch kicks on when he tells them to do something. And they were made after the fall of the uh, other angels which we'll talk about in a minute oh interesting okay and he didn't he didn't want a second of that happening so and because of the law set here in this universe he's not technically breaking creator laws because he's they don't have as much they don't have any free will or as much free will right because he made him in this universe he can follow the laws of this universe which allows him to take their free will away as well as give them free will though as as well as give them free will yeah okay whereas hanova he doesn't have a choice uh, we think of it as not free will but on the other hand we it's very strict laws of one to follow yeah Uh, this universe does not follow the laws of one so right not completely anyway we're still still working on that one (laughs) everyone gets killed that tries to teach that so far you know, like the Yeshua's and the Agnaughton, uh Nefertiti group in Egypt and all those guys who come in to try and bring in the law of one. Okay, so let's get to almost everyone's favorite, which is Seraphim Archangel Michael. So you got to meet him. So tell me about that. <laughs> uh, well, okay. so when, when I got transferred from um Hinova over to here my my creator actually got asked from Yahweh himself if he could borrow somebody and it just happened to line up apparently with me having to be punished for you know going against the laws of contract for the battle in Hinova and so I got transferred over here so the first person I met over here was Yahweh And I stayed with him for a long time, you know, just trying to like figure out everything and whatnot. And because Lucifer, uh, Michael, Gabriel, Uriel, all those guys were already created and brought over here, I got to spend some time with them. And Michael is kind of, kind of a hard ass, not gonna lie. He, he's very serious. You know, it takes a lot for him to open up and to kind of like relax around you. He's got to know you pretty well. And he's kind of very secretive. So yeah. he, he, he's got that huge big brother. I carry every weight on my shoulder aspect of him. So he's when, when, Yah, or when Yahweh tells him to do something, it's you do it right then and there. He's got a very high military attitude about it. Uh-huh. Okay. And uh, he 
does he ever get angry? A lot. (laughs) He's a little temperamental, but the funny thing is, is that even though he's got long brown hair, when Uh, he gets angry, his hair turns red, like really red. Woo, fire element. I don't know what it's red theme this today, but it's it's definitely red. Wow. Okay. And um, we're going to talk about after the fall, we're going to talk about the fall, a little bit of the angels and where he got promoted to, but uh, anything else you can tell us about Michael? He's probably been backstabbed a lot. So he's very, uh... I don't know. Like, (laughs) I know he's not exactly happy with me right now, but we'll, we'll talk to, I'll talk to him eventually. Huh? that that's more of like heaven politics and everything yeah they they came to me for help because well we've known each other forever and i just i was not in a position to help them uh i'm sure he'll get over it but it's nothing that is like it's just minor scuffling it's nothing like super major yeah but he sees it as as not willing to cover his back or something yeah well yeah but it's like the event hasn't even happened yet so i don't know why they would get all pissy about it maybe because he's used to people snapping too going sure you know sure michael sure mike <laughs> that, he should know better than to expect that from me though <laughs> so what about Raphael, the seraphim archangel Raphael? what's he like he is kind of a bookworm he definitely likes to read a lot <laughs> he's kind of quiet and uh he's just kind of really chillaxed really like if if Michael and I are sparring because Michael and I like to spar a lot he would be just kind of like sitting on one of the fences or walls or against like one of the trees and just kind of observe and watch everything he's not so much of a get in there and get your hands dirty type of person interesting of intellectual or sensitive or whatever right yeah very intellectual he kind of likes to be in his own little mind space a lot figure things out calculating that's interesting and you know it's funny you brought this up because i was going to ask you if you and michael spar a lot before i actually got reincarnated into this lifetime because i spend a lot of my uh, time either in hell or my time either in uh, Yahweh's heaven. I, when I'm up there, which I was last time before getting reincarnated, Michael and I do take our time to train with each other. Was that when he liked you? <laughs> it's just this small scuff. It'll be fine. He'll get I over know. it in a few years. <laughs> <laughs> hey. <laughs> See, people, I want you to know how human these characters are, right? I'm just saying I've done worse. You should have saw how mad he was after I cut his hair with a sword. Oh, that's a great story. He has his long, long brown hair. Yeah, he ended up not dodging fast enough and ended up doing a swiping move and ended up cutting his hair. He moped about it for like months. <laughs> my god these are this makes them so you know real and personal it's like they're just ah so we take them off the pedestals right you know they're just they're no different than people they're just people they just again 
just because they are on different dimensions does not mean that life is not the same because I hate to break it to people but it's still kind of the same yeah that's that's why I wanted to to do the show is and uh we is because of uh, that is a major fact like they still eat they still sleep they still have to poop (laughs) (laughs) something has to be done like you know okay oh but you've got to share with people you've got to share with people something funny you said as we were preparing for the show about the mental soul age of angels. So just like in Hanova, everything has to age eventually. Your physical body might look different, but like Michael, Gabriel, Uriel, all those guys, I mean, Gabriel has more of a younger mentality. He's kind of like the baby of the group. He's adorable, but they're like 16, 17 years old. (laughs) <laughs> All right. They're, I'm younger. I'm like 13. Okay. These guys are like 16, 17. In terms of soul age? In terms of soul age for like what people would qualify as age for, for mentality and growth. <laughs> How come you're only, I mean, you're young for a dragon, but you're not, you're, but you're an old soul, aren't you? Yeah. But Hanova ages very differently. Time ages very differently. Okay, that's an important fact when you're time goes way faster in this universe than it does in Hanova. Okay, because that's important because people are thinking 15, 17. (laughs) You know, and uh, their species, depending on how he created them, might, you know, they can live a really long time or they can have a very short lifetime. Humans have a very short lifetime because they need to grow and evolve very quickly. Mm hmm interesting okay so you're saying that angel's mental soul age is like like teenagers yeah like metatron himself he he's like older he's like maybe 20 25 he's actually responsible (laughs) (laughs) you know which is why a lot of the other angels look up to him because he's kind of like the big big brother of everybody he was the first one made probably in a way from from Yahweh I don't know if he was the first one well obviously he wasn't well I don't know if he was the first one made of the seraphim but yeah but he's up there he's he's the one oh my god see that that is really interesting the difference in age timing but also the fact that they're still learning as they go along you know um and uh let's see so we were getting to the baby of the group Gabriel. Gabriel is, he is, like I said, he's kind of the baby of the group. And I don't mean like he whines a lot because that's not true. He's yes. just so innocent. Oh, <laughs> Like he definitely doesn't feel like he has a lot of life experience. You know, he's very timid, very kind of shy. He's got the most luscious brown curls that I've ever seen anyone have his hair is like a a sandy brown hair and he's got like the curls going on they're kind of long curls but he him and I get along really well he is just very laid back has a very child perspective of everything that's going on around which I can totally relate to you know like Uh out of all of the ones that I hung out with like Gabriel's my favorite don't tell Michael that (laughs) we won't 
So know, Michael's used to being everyone's favorite, right? Gabriel. Yeah. Well, you're the champion of Gabriel. <laughs> well, next to Lucifer, you know, Michael's like up there for popularity. Yeah. So, um, and he likes what? What does he like? to do he really likes nature he likes to basically observe things uh he loves butterflies butterflies are like one of his favorites don't tell anyone i said that (laughs) i won't i won't i i get it does he like dancing and music and stuff like that yeah dancing and music is, is fine for him you know but like he his element is best like in nature and to describe yeah uh yahweh's heaven like there is it's it kind of reminds me of Hanova there there is still land there's still firm ground the grass is very very pretty it's like kind of it's actually still green uh the streams actually look like if you could take water but make it gold without the metallic that that's how the water is it's actually gold you have animals there there's bunnies butterflies flowers floral and fauna there's other species of humanoids elves that live there too on the outskirts of of his territory there's just so much going on yes there is other species that actually live there that um that he created as well that are humanoid so it's it's very beautiful there's a lot of clouds i love clouds (laughs) so it's like all of the structures there physical when you're there you know it's all higher dimension stuff but when you're there you're actually a part of the physics you know it's the breathing is really kind of nice over there like there's there's just so much but he really likes to actually go and observe the animals and and spend time with them that's a nature boy here he really is Raphael, Michael, and Gabriel are not fallen angels. They didn't ever fall. As far as I know, no, definitely not Michael. (laughs) But the other ones you've met, which are, uh, well, what about Artriel? Artriel, which I hadn't heard of before. He's a seraphim, right? Yes, Artriel is a seraphim. His name translates to King of the Wind. He actually helped rule one of the levels of heaven with Michael. Um, And when I say rule, I mean manage, like they kind of manage the different levels of heaven. Mm -hmm. And he is actually reincarnated here on earth. A shard of him. A shard of him, correct. Okay. And you know who he is, but probably aren't allowed to say. I am not going to say. Yeah. At all. I took an oath. So yeah. I could say that he's here, but I can't say who or where. Yeah. Yeah. I'm running into. Yeah. I understand. I understand. Um, okay. Let's see. Oh, but uh, the shard that actually ended up coming here, he found me and he knew who exactly I was. And we so, actually met over so a video. human game. walks up to you. So t- tell us that story. So I was playing Call of Duty online. <laughs> and him and I ended up in the same team. And just going through two playthroughs, he pinged me. And he's like, I know you. And I'm like, well, yeah, we just played two matches together. You know, I'm like, but hey, do you know magic? And he's like, 
he's like, Apollo me, you should know better. And I'm like, I did not know the word at the time. I, the name didn't have any association with me because I didn't get my memories back, but he did call me Apollo me. And he's like, I know you, we know each other from heaven. He's like, I'm an angel. And I was like, whatever. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know? Right. I'm sure people are thinking of that of you. You're like, hi, I'm a dragon and <laughs> dragon and elven. And they're like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> so eventually I don't give my phone number out hardly ever, but we ended up sharing Facebook and he sent a picture of him and I could read his energy signature right off the bat. I knew he was an energy user you know, and I had that slight hint about something, but once I saw his picture and read his full energy, I was like, oh my God, you were actually telling the truth. That's so cool. I'm like, how did you know? He's like, I can sense your energy anywhere. We've spent a lot of time together. Oh, how lovely. So that must feel nice because you miss Hanova and stuff. And now you're on, we'll just leave it at this, that uh, you're running into a couple buddies here in some ways from back there. Yeah, and I, I have ran into Uriel as well here. Also. So tell us about Seraphim, Fallen Angel. He's kind of a fallen angel at this point, but uh, are played both sides. Tell us about Uriel. Uriel is very, he seems kind of stoic, but when you actually get kind of close to him, he gets really chatty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. he he kind of is reserved on, on an outer exterior, you know, kind of like just that I'm going to just let, sit over here next to Gabriel while you guys spar. And he's always calculating something. He's always trying to like figure out everyone and everyone around him. You know, when you actually get close to him though, he's, he's really chilled and laid back. Um, he does definitely have his own agenda for things for sure. Like, like, well, whatever his agenda is, he's always calculating who he can drag into it and like how to manipulate them on stuff. Sounds you like know. teenagers. Yeah, right. <laughs> but he is still very protective of his brothers. He absolutely loves his brothers. If you try to hurt them or get in the way of, you know, getting in the way of his anything. His brothers being Gabriel, Raphael, who's his brother? Any of the angelic brothers. Okay. He is still very protective of them. He kind of throws them into his schemes every now and then, but the minute that any of them actually try to get hurt, he gets upset. Oh, okay. Like he'll actually step in and put himself in the line. So that's really, really sweet. Okay. And what about you told me you had met Azrael? Azrael. Azrael, yeah. Tell, tell about him. Azrael was one of the he is a fallen uh when he went to the realms of hell is where he actually ended up at uh the one of the immortal sevens ended up giving him a job of being a reaper and so he ended up as second in command of the reapers for a very long time he ended up retiring from that job. I couldn't say retiring. He ended up moving from that job to another job. And now he is the person who actually takes the names of everybody who enters through the gates of hell to get ring to, for them to go through their karmatic cycle, have an afterlife and get reincarnated. Wow. What a, so yes, there is a huge desk in front of the gates of hell. And yes, there is a line. And yes, you do have to go through that line. <laughs> no, come on. I'm not lying. 
Oh, so there's gates and then you go through and there's a desk? No, there's a desk in front of the gates. Like okay. there's the line and then you actually walk up to this huge massive desk. When I when I went over there when I was 5 years old, I couldn't even see over the desk. I was just like this. So, you know, and he's pretty tall. Like a lot of the angels are tall, but like he actually takes your name if you're deceased cuz he already knows if you're deceased or not. If you're not deceased, he's like, why are you here? <laughs> you know, uh huh. but he also takes inventory of people who are not deceased, who actually go to visit or go to do business down there. Cause there's, there's a whole ball game down there that people don't understand or know about. Okay. So what the hell literally <laughs> were you, were you doing at five years old there? Or is that a whole that is for when we do the realms of hell thing? Okay. That that one immediately caught my attention. Yeah, five years old. <laughs> okay, we'll leave that on the side. All right. So um since we've mentioned that Osriel is fallen angel, Uriel was a seraphim fallen angel, Raphael, and let's see, uh, who else was a oh um uh, Azaziel Sephiroth is also a fallen angel. Um, I know we haven't talked about him, but he's also one of the reasons why humanity fell, quote unquote, or at least one of the scapegoats slash, you know, reason that uh, Yahweh said that humanity fell. I haven't heard of him. That's what's his name? Azaziel. Azaziel. Okay. That's interesting. So he was a scapegoat for why humanity fell. Well, I mean, between him and Lucifer. Okay. Uh, do you want to say anything about it, Azaziel? Have you met him? Yes, I have. I've actually trained with him as well. Ah, okay. Tell me a little he, bit about him. He has long, like, white hair. Uh, his eyes are green. And he is also between him and michael they are really good at, at weaponry all weaponry like really really good he is also a smith so he makes his own weapons Ooh, then you can put magic into him yeah every angelic has their own special ability corks like michael's is fire he is probably why his hair turns red but like he's really good at mastering fire he is some he can almost all of them can do a lot of the elements but some are better at others than most you read my mind because i was going to say what are the abilities of the angels right so uh, michael obviously fighter and mastery of fire yeah okay and he's, go ahead He's really good at like fighting and weaponry, not so much on the smithing part, but more of the using the weapons part. Okay. And uh, what about Raphael? Raphael, he likes more of the like uh, alchemy. He likes the sciences. He likes, uh, he can do healing really good. Same with Gabriel. Gabriel's really good at healing and protection. That's what they were known for. Okay. Really? Yeah, Raphael was known, I think, for healing. And Gabriel was supposedly given, I think, not that I studied this, is 
uh, he was considered a messenger, one of God, Yahweh's messengers, I think. Um, so Raphael, you said, was pretty chill and he's not fallen and he was freed from the realms of hell, which we'll get into when, if we get to that part where we discuss all that stuff. So um, what about Uriel? What's his abilities? Uriel is also kind of a fighter. He is actually really good at illusion magic, <laughs> if you if you want to call it that. It's basically reality toning. Um, he's also good at healing and protection. Okay. And uh, let's see. Well, there's so there's so many here. Um, a thought just came to me since Yahweh created them. They have to contain certain abilities that Yahweh carries. Not necessarily. A creator can actually, well, when you go through creator training, <laughs> yeah. you, you get yeah. a lot of information. So you can, you can create anything that you want as long as you have the knowledge for it. If you don't have the knowledge for it, you're not allowed to create it. That's just part of the laws of one. Mm-hmm. So, which humans break all the time. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> so yes, they, they do have some aspects of their creator, but not all in one, like not all the angels are going to be able to know how to do everything or can do everything. Or want to do everything. Or want to do everything. Yeah. They, they do have the like ability us. to choose. Yeah. But of course, in secret projects and stuff, they are not following rules exactly. Okay, so what about a heavy-duty guy, Lucifer? Okay, there's two Lucifers that you know, Lucifer the Morning Star and the Draco King Lucifer. Okay. Right. So They're not the same person. Definitely not. Draco King Lucifer is the Draconian king from the Draco system, star right. system. All right. You he mentioned a, him at Atlantis when you were talking about Atlantis. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. He is a crimson red draconian, very tall, very beefy. His attitude is he's pretty egotistical, but he's like the quiet egotistical person, you know, unless there's bolstering to be about, but uh, he likes to like observe stuff and everything. Mm -hmm. Lucifer Morningstar, as most people would call him, uh, is actually a an angelic uh, from, made from Yahweh. He's the brother of all the other angels. Yes, he was one of the favorites, but he also has an ego issue. <laughs> you know, so uh, him and Michael had always been kind of rivals and stuff, but like in a brotherly way, like they always try to out. Which one's dad's favorite? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, um, but he is also, he has a lot of, his personality gives him a lot of experience. His personality gives him a lot of insight for, you know, problems and, and just things in general that, you know, a lot of the other and angel angelics wouldn't really see. Like he thinks kind of outside of the box a lot, which gets him into a lot of trouble. But also interesting though. Yeah. I mean, practicing free will, which of course got him in trouble kind of in a way, right? It, it's not so much practicing free will. All of the angelics that came from Hanova have the ability to do whatever they want. And if, you know, Yahweh says, you need to do this, 
they have the ability to look at him and say, no, I'm not going to do that or just do it versus the new angelics that he made where it's that trigger switch just happens and you're like, yes, I'm going to go do this. And they can't say no, it's not within their programming to do so. Yeah. It's like a certain mind control or whatever. Right. So uh, keep going with Lucifer Morningstar. Star. What's what's because uh, he's a he was the most favorite child. Right. And um, he got into trouble because <laughs> him and Azaziel and a few oh, a lot of the other angels, they actually ended up coming down to Earth um, towards the end part of Atlantis. They actually helped fight the Great War with with dark draco king lucifer that i know of um and Wait, i with dark or against the dark draco against okay okay against so and this was like worldwide this wasn't just like atlantis they they never really like came over to atlantis but before that you know uh humanity started to diverge uh, against the like path of the planetary creators that set the experiment during that time because you know they weren't supposed to uh, the angels weren't supposed to come down here and meddle with anything they're just supposed to deliver the messages for all sorts of things because you know the humanity from the scripts of the bible and stuff was not the first time yahweh tried to actually do the run the experiment so uh but the angels ended up coming down here and they ended up falling in love with a lot of the humans and a lot of the ets and everything else and you know for some of it again like like the lumerians they were at a good social structure for their time but they didn't have the conscious evolution to actually get to higher technology and the angels just went hey, we like you guys. You're cool. We're going to give you technology that's higher. We're going to give you forging. We're going to give you science and astrology and all this other stuff. And this is going to be awesome. And by the way, we're now moving down here because it's awesome. And our dad told us not to. And we're, you know, they had families down here. They had love interests down here. Yeah. You know, and it got everything collided together for everything that was happening and the evolution of humanity increased way too fast without the conscious evolution of the responsibility part of it so things were kind of a little shaky before king lucifer tried to take down atlantis you know but it was like the pushing point very badly and the the first wipe of that era ended up coming a lot sooner than normal because the planetary council of creators for the experiment said, you know what, this one's completely trashed. All this stuff got messed up. Let's just wipe it and do something else. And of course the angels were like, we have family down there. You can't do that. And, you know, Yahweh actually put uh, stock into that experiment. So he was actually part of that creator council. And he was like, no, we're gonna, the entire council agreed that we're going to do this. So it's getting wiped. And as far as I know, that's when the first flood happened. That makes sense. And also with them mating with their abilities, with the humans and probably hybrids and everybody else at the time, 
um, did that create, was the issue it cre would create the next generations being more powerful and stuff, or was the issue more you're putting really powerful technology and tools that you're giving as gifts in the hands of babes? It, it was more of when an experiment is being ran, things like they like to have things a little bit under control. Who's going into what? Who's going into where? It wasn't entirely so much of the hybrids, but a lot of the people did not, the, the creators did not appreciate it because when you start going into that sort of thing, again, that DNA stock of, you know, I own these genetics, I put this genetic down here, your, you know, your genetics of your creations that aren't even registered to this planet, or even this dimension are coming over here and tainting the experiment, making things way too much higher. People have to understand that unless a, an angelic shards themselves and gets reincarnated into this area, and this even goes for other planets or even non-seed planets, the power difference is way too high, way too high. So after they and after the council ended up wiping uh, humanity, uh, you know, for the angels and everything. And, and that was, was that after your job back then. Did you have to do that? No, right? that that was not me. That was a flood or something. Yeah, that was uh, completely. That was not the Starseed Council. That was the creators actually creating the wipe themselves. Okay. Because it wasn't our time to to do that for the records. Uh, um, after that happened, and I'm sure some angelics died, and I got all this information from two sources actually. So it's not like I would just remember this because I was dead. No, I actually asked two sources. Okay. So after the wipe happened and a lot of the Angelic's families died and whatnot, because they were like, dad, why are you destroying our families? You know, like these are your grandchildren, blah, blah, blah. You know, all that stuff of how can you be so cold and heartless, yeah. you know, um, like, why couldn't we just move our families off the planet? That sort of thing. And he's like, because the DNA vibration is too high. Like, he's like, you have to. That is so key. That is the point that is missing in history around a lot of the variations of this story. Because this is a really hard thing. You need to breathe more, hon? No, you're good. I'm just continuing my breathing techniques okay. while you explain. <laughs> I just want, okay, because um, this is such an important fact that by increasing the vibration from mating that wasn't originally agreed upon as part of the game is completely accelerating and changing the whole game. Plus it is um, putting advanced frequencies into what they considered a species that was still in its early stages. Would that be fair to say? Absolutely. Okay. And by the way, sweetie, if you, uh, audience, if you see her breathing, <laughs> talks a lot and she processes energy and breath and, and prawn in a different way. And sometimes she runs out of breath. So um, that's that if you see her, you know, doing deep breaths or something else don't you know don't be concerned 
this is normal for different species. <laughs> okay, so um, that was, do you describe that as the fall, um, the angelic fall, the fall of the angels, what you've just described, right? Right, so after, sorry, I'm putting off too much energy here. My stuff's starting to get wonky. Um, after the wipe happened, you know, a lot of the angels were really pissed off. And so, you know, they say that, you know, it's like he, he says that they cast, that they casted the angels out, but the angels actually just left. They're, they're like, we don't want to be with you if you're this heartless, this cold, because they're kids. They don't understand the full creation stuff, the laws and the rules that have to abide. And, you know, on an emotional aspect, I, I understand both sides very clearly. Both I the do creator. too. Well, this is the first time someone's explained it to me that makes sense. And then you can understand both sides. Right. Like, I understand Lucifer and everyone else's feelings about it because Lucifer had, had wives and kids down there too, you know. And then and, and they're um, being killed. Now, is Lucifer fighting against Michael and all these people because they're trying to kill the kids and wipe them at this point? Pretty much. So the and, oh, and so he, uh, Yahweh ended up, you know, sending them to basically different dimensions because they couldn't stay in his dimension anymore, which is a higher, higher dimension. And that's the fall. It's not you know lucifer and uriel and azaziel they can still go back to their celestial form if they want to and have that energy it's part of their creation but um and a lot of angels ended up staying here on the planet and a lot of them decided to go to different parts of the universe and a lot of them ended up leaving to go to different realms which is other universes so since a lot of the angels stayed on this planet they have probably gone on through the generations and made it. Yeah. Well, so if they wanted a lot to of people stay refer here, to humans is angelic humans. That's why. If I'm they asking. wanted to stay here, they would have to be reincarnated here or have a body that is suitable for the frequencies of this universe. Right. Because they were going, or should I say this dimension, because they were going from a higher dimension right. and mating with physical beings here. And it just, it causes way too much, way too much power overflux. So, well, um, and you can blow up a body and everything else unless it's prepared, right? You right. So, kinds of stuff. like, as far as I know, Yahweh actually, you know, finally kind of caved in and, and made bodies that were frequency specific for here. They had a, the, the looks of the angels and, you know, some of the abilities, but they weren't as strong. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and of course the whole, the other view from the quote human perspective is that we're at the fifth era of man where the bodies have been developed enough that higher frequency souls can incarnate in to this form, right? And all, and exist on earth. But the the angelics are, you know, I don't know what density onward, but the angelics are still too high. So Yahweh created new physical forms for them and some are choosing to incarnate. Are, well, is that the same as sending a shard of themselves here? Uh, no, sending 
well yeah i mean kind of like it, it they could shard from their original selves but sharding is usually from your astral body or your oversoul oh okay okay and some have chosen to do that yeah okay at this time in history anyway <laughs> well at that time in history i don't well there are angelics that are actually reincarnated here yeah that are sharded from their other their higher selves because the because the bodies can handle it more and the frequencies are going up more correct right right especially since 2012 right but that doesn't necessarily mean that they have all their abilities i doubt it yeah yeah or at least at this point in time because of the veil and everything else so that was the fall of angels that is talked about so much in much more detail thank you so much for that clarity now you've talked a little bit about previously about the fall from heaven in 2012 and uh if you can talk a little bit about yahweh some more uh what happened to him where he is now etc uh in 2012 uh the what most people call the kingdom of heaven in this universe ended up getting attacked and uh, by multiple factions, which goes into a lot of politics that people just don't understand yet. Um, and well, before, before the kingdom got attacked, uh, Yahweh ended up dying. I ended up getting summoned and called in along with a couple of the other angelics and uh somehow he ended up getting sick and was on his deathbed and he ended up calling me in and a few other people and i ended up talking to him because he wanted to talk to me alone and some things were were said and some information was given which i am not allowed to talk about on here and he just turned into gold dust and like went away and for some reason he was wearing his crown which he never does <laughs> Oh. and his crown just kind of landed on the the bed and everything and i like called in michael and uriel or not uriel called in michael and and gabriel and uh Raphael, and they ended up coming and rushing in and metatron came in and you know like we all started crying and everything it was, it was very emotional because i really like yahweh to me was like always kind of like a dad figure mm -hmm. so um and then not wow, too long. And it's interesting that you were the only one in the room. To the, for this it would time. make sense, but I can't say why. Okay, so then they come in and you've just lost your dad in this realm and nobody knew or had any warning that he had plans of going. Right, absolutely not. And okay, so and um, a couple a little bit of time passed after that and then the kingdom of heaven ended up getting attacked the gates were broken down a whole battle ended up breaking out uh they ended up actually getting uh yashua out of there just in time but i mean like all i got warning that i was not allowed to interfere arshriel got warning that he was not allowed to interfere and we ended up texting each other at the same time being like hey i just got this message what the hell is going on 
because literally all we got was do not interfere or there will be consequences. Literally, we ended up getting remote viewed of what was going on. And all I saw was Joshua in the middle of the circle getting his armor on by Michael putting on his armor. And there was two huge circles around him of angels. And then we okay. saw that we saw the fighting at the gate, everything like going throughout the kingdom and everything. Holy moly. Okay, let's let's backtrack a little bit because we want to make sure this is uh Yeshua or Yeshua is the same being as Jesus, by the way. Yeah. So Yeshua was created by Yahweh, right? Yes. Okay. And at this point that you're seeing what happened, folks, right? And you correct me, is that Yahweh's all of a sudden gone. Of course, the darker elements take advantage of Yahweh being gone and decide they're going to attack heaven at that point, uh, strategically. This is in my mind. And then Yahweh has previously or whatever, then given Yeshua, Jesus, the position of king now. King. Almost. Okay. His, okay. What do his, I have wrong? His leadership and basically coronation had not happened yet. Okay, so he just told Yeshua privately that you're going to take my job over here? Well, no, because like he's been training Yeshua to take his place eventually. But, you know, like there's certain like rituals and stuff that were supposed to happen and everything. I mean, by technical law, you know, and like rules. Yeah, he is. um, He is now like supposed to take over that. But in order to be a creator like Yahweh was, he has to have gone through some things first and he has to have a very specific item and he does not have that item. Mm. So he is very powerful. Don't get me wrong, but we're um, talking Yeshua here. Yes. If he actually wants to be a deity of the afterlife, basically, and do what his dad did, there's certain things that have to happen that hasn't happened yet. Okay. Certain items that he has to have that he hasn't had yet. Yes. So keep going. uh, The kingdom of heaven ended up getting attacked before, you know, the party and coordination and stuff like that. Uh huh. Okay. So Yahweh probably knew he was going to go. Uh, I mean, he's going to choose to go because he's conscious, he's going to exit when he wants, who knows the strategy. So he had already told Yeshua or at, uh, kind of like nobody, it, nobody knew that he was, that he nobody. was on his deathbed and going, nobody. So this was a shock to Yeshua, not only you guys, everybody. Yeshua is going, oh no, I'm in charge now. Pretty much. Like, how did Yeshua feel about this when you talked to him? Well, he was scared, you know, he, he always took the stuff with not really a grain of salt, but like he was trying to prepare himself, but he felt like he was never going to be ready. Like he, he felt like he was not ready, especially at all. And I had to like try and comfort him. Like all of us were like, no, no, it's okay. You'll learn as you go, you know, like, just like everyone else, you, you have to like, you know, we were, we were trying to like 
support him as much as possible and been like, you're not alone. Everyone's here still, you know, we, we got this Metatron knows what to do too. Like, <laughs> you know, so. Right. So he was really worried about it. And then all this shenanigans happens and I, I was literally on the phone with our trail as we were watching this and it was heartbreaking. Like we both started crying because we could not, we tried doing astral traveling to get over there. You know, we tried everything. Our powers were stripped. What? From higher the, up? I have no idea. We don't know, but I couldn't higher get around up. it. So somehow on a higher level, this break, uh, this destruction of heaven was allowed to happen. So, and a weird thing, because you couldn't fight. So you were basically watching, remote viewing, all your buddies die. Pretty much. And angels can die because they, everything can. It's just a matter of physics. Like they can go back to their oversouls, but they're not going to exist on the plane of existence that they were. So I was watching lots of things happen and I was not pleased with it at all. You know, I started freaking out. And was Lucifer, like, did Lucifer head it? Did the dark Draco head it? Combination no. of different things you're not allowed to say, probably. No, Lucifer had no involvement in it because that was the first person I went to to chew out. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. He's like, I had no hand in this. And, I, and, you know, like, I have the ability to tell when people are lying or telling the truth. That's one of my gifts from light. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I'm like, okay, oh, my God, you're actually telling the truth. What the hell? um the, the dracos can't even reach that high like for yeah. the for the frequency that frequency it is on. wise whoa yeah. so this was a total high level surprise attack pretty much way beyond dracos and stuff and all that whoa and you obviously i'm not stupid here you're, you're not able to say who they are or whatever but did they find out who they are yes that's all i need to know okay yes okay so supposedly they're in the process of rebuilding the realms of heaven for this experimental universe it took a while for our trail and i to clear up things over there and the angel the angels who were still in that dimension got really scattered for the ones who had to flee uh they did get yashua out of there i am not allowed to, to talk about the location i don't know the location either it's probably changed 10 million times since i last talked to them yeah, and i, I told michael i didn't want to know anything about it because i yes. it's when i started learning i was part of the projects and the programming and i did not want to compromise him no. no i would never ask you that publicly anyway um so basically yesh was this resistant like oh no you know I got to take on all this responsibility, which is a pain in the butt. And, um, <laughs> and at the same time, then Michael now comes in as Yeshua's prime protector. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Michael is now Yeshua's like right hand. Well, Metatron is still around. Okay. Like Metatron and Michael are basically like the, the right and left hand uh, person. Metatron do a lot of fighting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Michael's a fighter. Metatron's what more the teacher or energy or something. Metatron really likes to teach people yeah. uh, more of like the healing and protection aspects of things. Right. And Metatron is obviously on fire and has a lot of elements of wind and fire, but um, and, and Metatron can fight, but uh, not he can't like lift a sword or anything. <laughs> it's all wow, fascinating, folks. Okay. So they're supposedly rebuilding the heaven here, but at the same time, we're heading down the last thousand years before a possible wipe, last thousand years of ascending, which we'll do a, another show on at some point. So um, that's quite a lot to go. And I'm so sorry for what you've had to go through. It's just heartbreaking on many levels. It's all good amazing amazing love i must let you go so you can rest thank you so much we're all so appreciative and you're such a treasure and my friends onwards and upwards i hope you enjoyed this show